Welcome to our podcast. We're so glad you found us. Our prayer is that you listen to this with an open heart and an open mind to let God in. Let's hear this week's message. Pastor Mark, what I want you to do is I want you to light that candle. Would you go light that candle? And we guys, we know why we light that candle, right? Because this last week, in fact, we had uh, in the second service last week, just so you guys know, we had three people accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Yeah. It's good. Amen. It's, it's always good to see what God is doing in his awesome house. Well, I'm going to talk to you guys today about keeping the right perspective. What a day we live in. What a day we live in. What a time that's so exciting to do the work of the Lord. My wife and I were, um, you know, in this space of our life this weekend, and we had an opportunity for her to bring her car in for service. That's always a joy, right? Anyway, so we're bringing her car in for service. And what I've learned is that service, the service industry, ever since COVID has started or been a part of everybody's thinking, is they shouldn't even go together, the two words. Service isn't there. Okay, it just doesn't, it seems like everybody is just like, you know what, we don't have to, we, have, we, can, we can do whatever we want and you're stuck with it, okay? And uh, so anyway, um, in this, this space, we had 11.45 service and we thought that everything was going to go well. We drove in and it was preferred Ford, and this isn't against preferred Ford, please don't hear that part of it. But um, we're driving into Preferred Ford, and, and I'm thinking, man, my car's the only car in the garage. I'm like, sweet, we're going to get through this thing in a quick hurry. It's all going to be good. And, and uh, we drop the, we're going to drop the keys off to them. And, and all of a sudden, you know, the, 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 the ma'am on the other side of the computer, she says, yep. I says, our tech's not going to be here at 1. Well, I'm a leader. You know, I, I, everything I think of, every, every kind of thing goes through a leadership perspective. And so my leadership stood up and said, why is my appointment at 11.45 and they can't even work on it until 1? That doesn't even make any sense. Why, why didn't you tell me to be here at 1? She says, well, and then she looked at me like I was, you know, the devil. And, and I was like, you know, and, and I was trying to be, you know, I, I don't know. I was just trying to be me, I guess, out of it. And, and so, so I go, so, and then she goes, well, it's gonna, we're going to work on it for about two or three hours. I'm like, oh, I'm going to see her for four hours at a Ford dealer? What am I going to buy? <laughs> so anyway, uh, so anyway, I'm like, no, I don't. That doesn't work for me. I go, I, I got, I had my whole day mapped out. We made 11:45 on purpose because we had things to do in the morning. We had, we got this car to do in the afternoon, and then we got, we got other things we we're gonna do in the. I mean, we had it all mapped out. We're ready to go, and and all of a sudden, you put a huge, yeah, situation into our planning. So she goes, well, we offer a shuttle service. I go to Muskegon. She goes, yeah. I said, sign me up. So I, so I had no idea that God had me to be in an inconspicuous, frustrating moment. How many of you ever had those moments in your life throughout your week? That God was going to have me sitting in a car, in the back of a car, talking to a retired Baptist pastor. And he didn't talk like one, he didn't act like one, and I didn't really know what was going on. But my wife and I sat there and talked about Jesus, had no idea that he's driving car, you know, he's retired now, he's driving this car for service, you know, and I would, dude, I would think, man, this is something I could do. And I could, they're, they're stuck back there, I could talk about Jesus the whole time. Poop, lock, 
window lock, window, I mean, I can lock everybody up and just talk about Jesus. I probably wouldn't have the job the next day, but anyway, it was one good day, you know, but the point of it is, I'm, you know, we're talking, I'm trying to, here's what I want to share with you is the right perspective is always to talk about our creator. The right perspective is to try to look, and I want to share with you as a church, my wife says, you need to share how you do this, honey. Because so many people struggle. What, what I do is just really simple. The right perspective is what I will talk about something of myself, looking for them to talk about something of themselves. And what I, what I never want to do is one them up. Which means if they start sharing a story, I don't want them to go, that's nothing, this is mine. I, you, you, what you want to do is you want them, their story to be bigger than your story, all right? So that's very important to know because people are really struggling knowing how to share their testimony, sharing their lives. And so what you're doing is, is you know, I, I call it the tongue of the learn. Jesus had the tongue of the learn. Is the tongue of the learn is you're learning that your tongue can go over there and help people communicate. And whether they know Jesus or not know Jesus. And, you're, and it's so good to, be, to do the work of an evangelist. It's so important for us to do and unlock what's inside of them. And this was my second appointment that day. I mean, my first one was, is that I was trying to get, really what I wanted to do is I wanted to go water skiing really early in the morning. And so that was part of my, my, my routine. Is it was the, the day off. We had Friday off. And so I wanted to go water skiing early in the morning. And when I say early in the morning, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. Ain't nobody else in the water and ain't nobody else thinking about it. And I want to tear it up. My wife's out there like, like, what is he doing out here? I love it. It's usually glass water. I can go barefoot and I can go slalom skiing. It's awesome. And I'm already done with my, I mean, I've already had so many great things. It's 8.20. What else are we going to do? You know, we can conquer the world yet. And so we're gonna, part of that conquering that world is to go to the Ford dealer. And, and the bottom line is, is that, but before at 7.20, I, believe it or not, I'm up at 6.30 and, and I want to go, 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 go. You know, I'm going to go. And so I, especially when I'm thinking, so my, what I've learned is a new routine in my life. Because I can drive this girl crazy. And I don't know if you're like that. You know, maybe you're, you know, you can drive. So what I've learned is that, is that in my patiently waiting perspective, because that's the right one, right? My patiently waiting perspective is take the car and drive over to, um, um, you know, BP and get a coffee. And in, in, in the space of getting a coffee, that means that I have saved my wife at least 20 minutes going, can we go now? Can we go now? Can we go now? And so I got my coffee, I mean 20 minutes. And what, you know what God does in that space, that 20 minutes? Gives me a divine appointment. I'm busy thinking I want to go water skiing, I want to go here. But in that 20 minutes of time that I'm really thinking about, I wonder if my wife is ready to go yet as I really would like to get going. You know, I don't know who's actually going to be on the lake and tearing it up at 7 o'clock in the morning other than fishermen, right? So anyway, so the point of it is, is that I'm taking that 20 minutes and I'm trying to get the right perspective because I love my wife and I always treat the lady right. Treat the lady right. Treat the, you know, you want to go water skiing. Treat the lady right. There's going to be waves out there. There's going to be boats out there. Treat the lady right. Go get a cup of coffee. Chill out. Okay, and so that's how I literally have to keep myself on track. And so as I'm getting a coffee, you know what God does? He sees my weird ways. 
He knows my uniqueness, and he goes, I got to get this other guy who hasn't been in church in years, who's going through such a hard time. See, Ron's going to be here at this time, right around 7 o'clock, and I got to get him over here, and guess what? He brings this person right there at the gas station, right there at that right time. I'm getting a cup of coffee, being nice to the attendants. They're being nice to me. They understand me. In the meantime, all of a sudden, God goes, I look in my peripheral, and I see a person I haven't seen in church in years. And, I, and, he, and he's staring at me. And I'm like, I get it, God. He wants to talk. You, you know, you, you start learning. You went, There's nonverbal language, amen? You should learn. I got a lot of nonverbal language I learned from my wife. There's a lot of things said. <laughs> okay? I'm learning. Okay? Learning. So I'm learning to keep the right person. So I walk over there, and this guy's in tears. And I had no idea that my impatience or my lack of, you know, my, my diligent wanting to get out there in the lake and I just to go to get a cup of coffee, that God would arrange another divine appointment. I believe that God is always moving in our life and he's created all of our unique ways inside of our lives so that we can reach a world out there that desperately needs him. Amen? There's a world out there that desperately, and so many of us are so caught up in our little bubbles. In fact, um, to be honest, I, I can't see as well as I, I, I used to be able to see. And so when my, my boys, they build homes, and I, I taught them a lot of it. They don't even trust my eyes. If I'm going over there and looking at level anymore, they go, Dad, you don't even know where the bubble is anymore. <laughs> You're outside the bubble. Let me tell you something. All I've learned is that I want to get outside the bubble. Because I realize that so many people want to stay in their little bubbles, and they have no idea that God wants to do something great in their life. And you got to get outside your bubble. You got to get, in fact, the Bible's full of case study after case study after case study of God going over there's a burning bush, and Moses goes, starts walking toward that. I mean, getting people out of their, their bubbles, keeping the right perspective. You can write this down is get, letting God get you out of your bubble. I only saw a few of you write. In fact, usually the ladies write this down. Guys, come on, get over there, get that pin ready, all right? Get, you know what, having the right perspective, getting out of your bubble. So now, what I want to share with you is a little bit, there's a lot of talk right now going on with the Roe versus Wade thing. And I had some people ask me for some discussion on things, and, I, and what I really want to just share with you is this, okay? I'm not here, I'm not a politician, I don't put, bring politics from this pulpit because I can lose my license in doing so, all right? So what I really want to do is I want to just share about the Word of God. In fact, that's exactly, when I get up to heaven, God's going to ask or hold me accountable to how I helped you understand the word of God. So in point number one, we have faith or trusting God is always challenged in the midst of difficulties unforeseen. We are living in that space. Difficulties unforeseen. I mean, I, I hear over and over going, I can't even believe we're having this discussion. I can't even understand how the world is moving in this direction or that direction. So I just want to help you. What does the Bible say about the time we live in, all right? And I want to I'll give you the passage, 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting with verse 1. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ, Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead, when he comes to set up his kingdom. Timothy, life-changed family, preach the word of God, 
Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, encourage your people with good teaching. For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires, will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid, Timothy. Don't be afraid of Life Change Church, of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. So you say, well, Pastor Ron, what does that have to do with Roe versus Wade? It's important for us to say, what is God's perspective? And what does God see? And I'm not here to tell you Pastor Ron's perspective. I'm not here to tell you life changed church perspective. I just want to give you some scriptures that will help you see how God sees the womb. Does God see the womb? Because, you know, that's really the question right now. Are, 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 right now is, are people seeing the womb or not? So let's just, I'm just going to give you a few passages, and then you allow the Spirit of God to talk to you. That's exactly what I did with COVID. I'm going to give you some scriptures, and then you allow God to speak to you. Because, see, it's not whether you're led by Life Change Church. It's whether you are led by the Spirit. And I'm trying to help you be led by the Spirit. He wrote the word. He'll help interpret the word. He'll give you power from the word. He'll manifest himself in the word. So I'm just going to give you, and please write these things down. Jeremiah 1 verse 5. And this is a time where Jeremiah is really in a, you know, a downward spiral. He's really struggling. And here's what God speaks to him. Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. So God knew Jeremiah in his mother's womb. Luke 1.41. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child, which was John the Baptist, leaped within her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's activity going on in the child's spirit in a womb. There's activity going on in a womb way before they're born. Psalms 139. And, this is, and I think this one is the... Uh, it, anyway, I'm just going to read it to you. Psalms 139, verse 13. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body, knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Notice that God had already had a plan and already had a destiny while this child was in the, the womb. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. Let's pray. Father, in these delicate, unforeseen times, God, may we be filled with your spirit, not with anger or frustration or confusion, 
God, not with trying to uh, beat people over, Lord God, with signs or trying to uh, overreact or oversteer in another direction. May the Spirit of God fill us with love. Fill us with truth from our innermost being. And that, Father, that redemption is all, see, it's not about how the world sees it. It's not about how I feel about the scenario. It's about the redemptive plan. This is how you see it. This is what you know to be inside of a womb. Father, help us to see what you see. And may the redemptive plan of God unfold. God, I pray as we talk about right perspective. God, help us to be in the space of, Lord God, your redemptive act. May we understand your kingdom, Lord God, is coming. And your will is longing to be accomplished in and through our lives. And as we unfold scripture and we talk about the, the inspiration of your truth, may, may God, may that truth come inside of us and set us on a course of freedom with you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Well, point number two I want to share with you is, is about right perspective. Your faith or trust in God is not measured by the response to what is expected, but by the response to what is unexpected. It's easy to love people that love you. It's easy to bless people that bless you. But what about when you're at the workplace and someone curses you? Do you just suppress it? Do you get angry about it? Or the Bible says, bless those who curse you. When do we grab on to God's kingdom ways? When does the redemptive plan come in alive? And all of a sudden, then the world sees, wow, you didn't respond to that, to that unforeseen. You didn't respond that to the way everybody else responded. You responded, well, how did you do that? Well, I'm glad that you ask. It's not that I'm alive, but Christ liveth in me. And I just want to know that, did that frustrate me? Did that scenario bother me? Yes, it did. I'm not, I'm not going to lie, it did. But you know what? My I'm dead to myself. And I want to be alive to him. The right perspective. 1 Corinthians 10, 10 through 13 says this. Don't complain, as some of them complained, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the age have come. What is he talking about? He's actually talking about those who went through the Exodus. And many of, us, many of you right now are on that Bible read with us, and we're going through the book of Exodus. It says right here very clearly, all of, it, all of those case studies were written for our admonition. They were written so that the authority of God's word would direct our lives. It's not how we think, it's not how we feel, it's not how we want to respond. It's that I'm allowing God's word to tell me how I'm supposed to feel about this and now allowing my emotions to tell me how I feel about this. Or even my reasoning or maybe my record of wrongs. And all of those things become part of my decision making or I say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Number three, having faith or trusting God has its benefits. Having faith 
for trusting God has its benefits. I, I love the passage in Psalms 103 where it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his, say it with me, forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So what happens here is what I've seen is in Hosea 4, 6, which is one of the passages I learned when I first got saved. And when I say I first got saved, I'd gone to church, you know, I was 23, so I'd gone to church for 23 years of my life. And, and all of a sudden, things, when I, when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, the Bible started making sense. I, I, I had read it sporadically, but it just looked like letters and more things I couldn't do right. But all of a sudden, when I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior, the, the Bible came alive. And then I, I, I realized that as, as there, there were things that the Lord wanted to do, and he, he wanted a personal relationship with me. And I mean, that was monumental for me. I, I always looked at as God as, as someone who is so distant that you'd get to know him through at least, you know, maybe you could get to know him a little bit through Bible stories, but you'd never get to know him personally. And all of a sudden, I had this personal walk with him. And in this space of that personal walk, there were a few passages that God gave me that were key to being foundational in me. And one of them was Hosea 4.6. It was a foundational piece. It says, my people perish because they lack knowledge. So if I got benefits as a Christian, I have inherited Things from God that Jesus paid for. I, they're redeemed. They're all part of God's plan. I mean, there's these gifts that need to be unwrapped. But the Bible says very clearly that my people, and, and most of you in this room would say you're his people, perish because you lack the knowledge of the redemptive plan of God. That was key to me. I went, then I don't want to be ignorant because, see, what had happened in my life, I was going to a religious organization for years. In fact, 23 years. And not once did somebody ever ask if I knew Jesus as my Lord and Savior. In fact, I remember going two different meetings, and when I was 12 years old, going to the pastor himself and saying, Menders, I, I, I have questions, and my parents didn't know I have the answers, so they sent me to the pastor. And I've had these meetings with a pastor, and as I'm having meetings with a pastor, I'm asking him questions about baptism, and, and I'm asking him questions about, you know, what is there, you know, what, about God, and I didn't even know to ask the question about relationship with God. And I, I left the meeting with catechism. I was even more frustrated. Little did I know that God was doing like he does to all of us. He was knocking on my heart all the way, even at the age of 12 years old. Sad thing is, is for the next 11 years of my life, I just walked around not understanding what God wanted for my life. And through a catastrophic event of almost dying in a boat crash, I met Jesus. Point is, is I went, God, from that moment on, I went, I am not allowing, and I want you to right now, don't you get to know God through me. Don't you dare. 
you get to know God personally. I can help you with my journey, but I'm going to tell you something. I want you to help me with mine. I want you to know God. And I want you to share who God is in your life. And as we're walking together, and all of a sudden you start talking about the God that you know, and I'm going, wow, I didn't even know God that way. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. What is our life going to be so different as we all can walk together, joint hands, united in spirit, and we're all walking through this crazy dark space, but you're lit up, I'm lit up, and man, the path can get a lot greater in Christ. Don't. Like, I, find, I was trying to find God through that man. Now, I will say this. If you do meet with me, I'm going to try to help you find Jesus. We will leave the office making sure. I can't believe how many times I've asked somebody to get married in my office and we get saved in the office first. Or you even come to a place to belong class. You get saved. My pastor, my mentor, in fact, next week, don't want to miss it, the mentor that's done so much for my life personally is going to be here. And that, I will never forget what that man did, you know, and one of the things he said, he says, he goes, you know, um, God says, is, is, he goes, is, he's not telling you what you can't be. He's trying to help you in all that you can be. That's our God. He's trying to assist and he puts relationships and things in our life. Hosea 4, 6, my people, don't be a people that don't get in the word of God, but be a people that search the word. Don't be a people that don't pray. Get in your prayer closet. Let God reveal who he is in your life. Don't be a people, God, that don't worship and realizing that, you know what, you're sitting there worried about what people see and whether you're raising your hand or clapping your hands or doing a little dance or whatever. Be a people that get free and don't worry about what, be so self-conscious about what's going on around you. Get God conscious. Find yourself in a heavenly moment with him and everybody else could be in, the, in a world of crazy, but you're in that space with him. Hosea 4, 6, don't perish. Even though you're his people, even though you're his kid, don't forget there's benefits that God wants to do in and through your life. And don't be a people that don't exercise it. What good is a gift that you don't exercise? Number four, trusting God can lead to suffering in this world. That will glorify God. This is one of those places where as a pastor, I'd like to go over there and just kind of, you know, get a pass. I don't want to talk about suffering. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, you know, because I've had many young people come in my pathway in my life and say, Pastor Ron, it seems like the minute I start praying, the minute I begin to get studious about the word of God, my life gets worse. In fact, I was just hearing... Um, from uh, one of our, the uh, Josh, the, our guitar player, and he's wanting to, to take his life into the next part of his life and go in to uh, Bible school, and you know, and uh, he almost got really hurt in you know with Pastor Ron's flyboard machine, which really felt really, you know, I felt really bad about that. And then, you know, not only did God miraculously give him survival skills in that area. But then he gets T-boned, he said this week. I'm like, you know, we don't really realize that how the enemy is trying to take us out. Because God has great plans for our lives. He's got great plans for our lives. 
And so it's important for us that we will go through spaces of suffering. And what's happened is, and I'll never forget this word a a prophetess in this church gave to me when we first first started the church. And you know, you ever have a word that someone speaks over you and you just go, I I don't receive that word. I don't want that word. And this was this. She said, you're going to go through a lot of trials and each one of them is going to, God's going to give you strength to the journey so that you can help the church family in. It was very soon after that that I lost my first grandchild. It was years after that that I lost my nephew to cancer. And you know, it's been in those spaces of my journey to realize that you get strength that's not of this world. And when people are shooting arrows at you and thoughts toward you and they're frustrated and they're hurt, you can't pull from strength. You can't find reasons. You can, there's no absolute reason in this world that you're receiving the treatment or what you're going through, but there's strength that's from above. Amen? And that's what God is doing. You will go through suffering in this time. Let me read this passage to you in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 19 through 23. For this is commendable if because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully, For what credit is it when you are beaten for your own faults and take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Let's just break that down. You know, God doesn't get um, honor or the space of of great things happen because you do something foolish. A great example of this is uh, um, when I was um, going through a time when we first started this church, and uh, I had wanted to, um, I, I like being in the water, and I, I thought we were going to um, move. We lived in Grand Haven on the water, and I thought we were going to move up here on the water, and things just weren't working out in that way, and, and Pastor Ron is sometimes an impatient person. I know that that's, none of you can believe that, because you see me as such a patient and long-suffering type of individual. I can wait really great, no. And so what had happened was I was making some other plans, and so I thought, I know, I have a great idea. I'm going to have, I have seven kids. We just adopted these three girls. I'm going to buy seven go-karts. And we're going to be a go-kart family. And we're going to, I'm going to buy a bunch of land and we're going to race go-karts around some dirt and have a good time. So I thought we got to start out with one. So I went to Eddie Babbitts and I knew Eddie, Eddie knew me. And so um, Eddie used to go to church and I helped him with, you know, talk about Jesus. And so Eddie and I, and, I, and so Eddie goes over there and gets his go-kart out there and and, uh, you know, and I'm looking at it, and, and so he goes, you want to take it for a test drive? Well, sure, I'd take it for a test drive, and I roll the thing right in the parking lot. I mean, right in front of everybody, in front of my kids. And, you know, my wife, the righteous sister that she is, I, I was looking, I don't even like this thing. This thing rolls. <laughs> I don't want this thing. I almost got hurt on it. And my wife goes, you're buying that. So, I'm, so she's right. Sister Righteous is talking about, you're buying that because you almost wrecked it. And my kids are going, Sweet! <laughs> Because now, because I was on the bubble of maybe not getting it, I was on the bubble of maybe not buying it, and my wife goes, you just roll it, you're getting it. And so, I, in fact, it was just recently, I was listening to my kid, 
Uh, and she goes, we, in fact, my daughter was telling me, goes, Dad, I couldn't believe it. He says, when Mom said, you're buying that. And she was all excited about it. <laughs> so I was just, you know, I think about that. This is not where God gets glory. This is not that what we're talking about right here. All right? This isn't where you do something dumb and you're not suffering. I didn't suffer. That was my foolish activity. All right? But there are times where, because of who I am in Christ... There are those spaces of suffering. And if I do it as unto the Lord, keeping the right perspective and saying, God, I need your strength to stay this course. I want, I want, to, I want to be a person who's full of joy when all, of, when all the pain is all around me. I want to be full of love and hope when things feel hopeless around me. I want to stay the course with you in this space. And this is what God is talking about, for conscience sake, which means all of a sudden you're mad on the inside of your soul, your mind, your willpower, and your emotions. Your spirit, if you could still hear that quiet voice, God would go, this is the hour where I can show up the most. I will show up in your life and through your life. Keep the right perspective. And then number five in closing, praising God in the situation will bring peace and strength that is not of this world. Now, there was a, a time uh, when I first got saved, there was, this, uh, th there was this saying that name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. Okay, and what it was talking about is that um, th what had happened is the faith movement had gone into almost, uh, I'm just going to call it using God's name to covet things. All right? But there was a truth that was there that Satan twisted. The, and I don't say it, it was the truth. The truth is that God has benefits. The truth is, is that God has a word, and his word wants to come powerful and effective in our lives. So Satan takes the truth and twists it. And so what was happening is, is that people became coveting what other Christians had. And in the space of coveting those things, they thought all I have to do is name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. And, you know, and they thought, if I just, in my prayer language, I said, God, I just thank you for this, you know, this airplane. I thank you, God, that you're giving me that airplane. And, I, and that, God, I know that because if I'm on this airplane and you give me this airplane, that I can give, oh, I could go to the nations and give you, uh, I could speak to the nations through that airplane. Or maybe it isn't an airplane. Maybe it's, maybe it's because you haven't been paying your bills. And you go, God, I, I, my credit card is all the way up to this max of $20,000. And I know that, God, that uh, you have somebody out there right now that wants to pay off my debt. I just know it. And I'm, gonna, I, I, I'm, I'm looking for that person. You're trying to be clairvoyant or are you trying to listen to Jesus? And what's happened is that God says, moreover, it's required to you be a steward. Don't, you know what? Debt is a, is a monster. Amen? It's a monster. And it wants to own you. You know what debt does to you? Debt keeps you from blessing others. And so that's why the enemy wants us full of debt. If we can get so full of debt, we can't be empowered to help other people. Because we're so full of debt. And so, you know, I think that if you can, I have debt, 
I have, I, you know, debt on some of my investments or uh, in debts in some of my, uh, actually my, I don't even have a home right now. So anyway, uh, you know, I have a, um, so the point of it is I have some debt, but the point of it is, is all of it is in a space of giving it over to the Lord. God, he owns it all. It's not mine. It's not mine. And so my big question is, is that whatever you're asking God to give you, is it going to be yours at the end of it? Because if you ask God to give it to you, isn't it in his right for ask you to give it back? If it's what you're really asking. And so there's so much freedom, so much freedom in a space where we can, we, what we can do is in our life, get to, stewardship means freedom. Prayer means freedom. Worship means freedom. And you know what the very thing the devil tells you? He tells you the exact opposite. He, he's going over there and going, you know what, they just, you know, you don't need to raise your hands. You, you don't even need to go to church. You don't need to do this. The devil twists all these things and you, you don't have to do that to be saved. I agree. But you want to. So why would you fight the want to inside of your own heart? Because what's happening is, is that you are in a battle inside of your life right now. You are and I am of who's the boss of your life. Who is the boss? Redemption, the, whole, the redemption is putting the leadership of your life back in God's hands. That's what it is. So when you read the Bible, what you're doing is putting the leadership of your life back in God's hands. When you worship, you're putting the leadership back into God's. When you give, when you serve, all the things that seem to be spaces where we get all uptight about and fight over. I mean, churches fight over worship music. Churches, people in the, in the church fight over serving or not serving. People fight over when it, when it comes down to the, to the word of God or interpretation of the word of God. I mean, interesting, isn't it? The very things that we're fighting over are the very things that give us liberty. And the only way to have the right perspective is surrender. And I'm going to go back to my son-in-law, who I'm so graciously shared this with me in one of our Bible studies. The three prayers. And I ask you to write these things down and do this. In these three prayers. He says, search in me, O God, and know me. So the one prayer is to search. Break me. Which is another way of just get me out of my bubble. Break me. And then send me. When's the last time you asked God to send you on a mission trip to your workplace? You, had, you know, your day hasn't even started. You say, God, thank you that today I, I, I'm, I'm going to Myers. And people think that I'm going to go over there and, and pack shells. No, I'm praying over shells. Divine appointments. I'm ready for your service. Here I am. Send me. Well, God wants to send somebody who's been asking to be searched and broke. And then that person's ready to be sent. Let's close. Father, I thank you so much for just your truth. Having the right 
perspective. I can't, I can't get the right perspective just on my own. I need you. We need you. God, I pray that your truth would be hidden in our innermost being, that we would become like you in thought and action. Teach us your ways. Lord, as Moses spent all that time with you and still said, teach me your ways. He wanted to know the heart of God. Father, I pray that we don't just know the principles or the law, the to-dos. May we see the spirit of your heart. You're such a good, good father. Painted in so many wrong ways in the world. But God, may we see you for who you really are. As Job said in 42 verse 5, he says, I thought I knew you, but now I see you. May we see you. God, open up our eyes to see you for who you really are. If you're here this morning, whether you're watching online right now, with your heads bowed and your eyes shut, do you see who Jesus is in your life? Do you know him intimately as your Savior? Do you understand that your sins are forgiven? Have you given it all over to him on the cross? Has he, have you allowed him to search you, break you, so that he can send you to the world out there that desperately needs him? If you could say no to that and say, Pastor, I'm not ready to see Jesus. I feel empty on the inside. I, I'm not ready. I know that there's got to be more to this Jesus relationship or to God than I'm, I'm, I'm actually walking in right now. Well, you're right. There is. And God is knocking on your heart. At 23 years old, he was knocking on my heart. He's, and I ask God, there's got to be more to you than this. So, so much more. It starts out with that personal relationship. If you want that personal relationship with him, or maybe you walked away and Today, you hear God knocking on your heart, say, come back to him. If either one of those situations, scenarios are you, don't leave this building the same. Or maybe you're watching online, don't leave this moment the same. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand nice and high, say, that's me, please pray for me. Is there anybody in here that says, I want to commit my life to Christ, recommit my life to Christ? See that hand back there? Thank you. Thank you. All right, church family, let's pray together. Say, Father God, in Jesus' name, I surrender my life. Here I am. I'm a mess. But nonetheless, I give it to you. I surrender all. Lord Jesus, by your Holy Spirit, lead my life. I receive your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you made a decision to accept Jesus into your heart, let us know on the app or on our website, mylifechangechurch.tv. We'd also love it if you subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. We hope you have a great rest of your day. God bless.